I've never understood why people are so obsessed with the past. They're like always talking about it. And you know me, I like talking, but about today, mostly. Also TV and Vicky and sometimes people's opinions on high ponies. But as far as my personal history goes, what's the point? Why dredge it all up? There's a reason every ghost story starts with some specter who can't let go of their own shit projecting it onto everyone else. Some ghost's boyfriend killed her, so she kills boys. A poltergeist acts out its home invasion on every picket fence family that moves into its old place until even the shadiest of real estate agents can't sell the house. <sighs> Holding on to shit. That's a recipe for a haunting. But the truth is... I am dead, and I've been having fun with it, don't get me wrong, but it's still, like, death. So I guess in a way, that's what I'm always talking about. Everything I say, every story I tell, it's about death, and I guess if I'm being really honest, it's also a little bit about suicide. Ever since I got that first glimpse at the assembly in Madison's mind, my mom sitting on the sweat-slick gym floor, under my airbrushed school picture, clutching her purse. My mom is just... whatever. The person she is. At this one time, well, just once... It was... <sighs> okay, this is so stupid. You know, I don't even... Just always has to be about her. Always. There's a reason Chad's cover story for my death was so believable. I mean... My mom knows me better than anyone. She taught me to tie my shoes and wipe my ass front to back and que no toque la estufa porque está caliente. After I told her I was a lesbian, she bought these used DVDs of the L word and watched them for like a week straight. She learned almost nothing because, you know, that show is trash. But she really tried. She always tried. Even when I was corpse-level catatonic, depressed. I even screamed at her sometimes. I cringe when I think of my face then. Off red and wrinkled. A rotted raisin. I don't even know why I did that. I was eight. We were at this party, I guess, and I was mad about, like, the shoes I had to wear. They kept pinching, but I wasn't whining, really. I was just sort of, I don't know. My mom said I was making a face. So 
she started yelling, which is, is more normal, shouting about her shoes and the aching. She took one off, a stiletto with red bottoms, and I didn't know what to do. I just stood there. She, she th threw it at me, chucked it, actually. It hit me in the mouth, bloodied my lip, and I tasted it, thick as drugstore makeup, and I don't know. It only happened once. I never actually tried to die or whatever, but I'd had that feeling, the swarm of gnats inside me. Storm clouds condensing in my lungs until I drowned from the inside out, all the water crowding up my throat. And then there was the worst feeling, the very worst one, the numbness. Like when the dentist injects you with Novocaine and keeps talking to you for some reason, so you're struggling to form the words with this foreign chunk of flesh that was once your tongue. I hated it. I hated life sometimes. My mom was the only reason I held on to it. And she didn't even know. I guess my point is, I get it. I get why someone would do something like that. I get selfish. Understand it, I mean. I don't want to talk about it, but I've seen it, okay? I've seen it before. And that poor woman. Selfish. And then she died! She just died! Oh, I don't even know where to begin, ladies. I was at the supermarket. The supermarket! Do you understand how silly that sounds now? And I just had the strangest feeling. A premonition whizzing through me fast as dairy through my hubby's digestive system. I had to beg Helen to take us to Harding. Literally beg. Madison couldn't get away from the centestead fast enough. She wanted to go find my mom, hop into a minivan while a literal bug monster sat right there, sniffing at a box of frozen heart disease, all shiny exoskeleton and wet nose. I thought by far our best bet was to follow the thing, hide her in my garage, and form an unlikely monster friendship. E.T. style, you know? I don't think my bicycle basket would be big enough, but hey, you can always try. Maybe it could shrink. Except then Madison tugged me away. I figured the thing could look after itself. I mean, it has dozens of pointy little knife feet. Plus whatever weapons this fucking horse half has. I ran out the aisle towards our meetup spot at the front of the store. At first, my mom thought Madison was having a trauma flashback, and I really couldn't blame her. Madison's usually, well, apathetic's the wrong word, but not that wrong. Now, though, she was frantic. She kept touching her hair and it staticked like someone run a balloon over it. 
My mom started spouting stuff from the self-help blog she's always reading. Stuff about moving forward and closing the door and becoming a brand new you. Madison stomped her foot. I had to say please to Helen. It was a nightmare. I told my mom it'd be a good chance to change the batteries on the tape recorder. So, possessed by the spirit of goodwill, I rushed to Wrangler Road. We were driving behind this gorgeous Mini Cooper. You know, the classic kind, yellow with a white roof. I'll tell you what, if I had that car, I couldn't be anything but happy. The second the car hit the property line, we felt it. It was like before you go down a water slide, when you feel the artificial current all around you, pulling at your bikini bottoms. And you know all you have to do is let go and you'll be sliding. Vicky and I had been playing chicken with Eleanor. You know, the girl obsessed with the oak tree she's buried under. Basically, we were just throwing rocks nearer and nearer its roots and seeing how red she got. Except then Eleanor's face cleared, wiped clean. The current came and she was swept along with it. Moved as easily as rain floods gutters. And Vicky, she kind of flickered for a second. Her usual solidity gone, and then she followed. I walked with her. For once in my life, I knew not to speak. All around us, ghosts seeped down from the hills and towards Wrangler Road. There was a woman in there. I could see the back of her head and the shell of a car seat behind her. She was a mom. I don't know how old. Madison's face scrunched up. I guess I was slow in getting there because I could barely see the car by then. It was covered in fog, thick as a kid's drawing of clouds. There were dozens of ghosts there, all slipping in and out of each other like some sort of 21st century river sticks. Cult members with their heads catching in the wheels their hands reaching up towards the seat. Sucky, laying across the roof, his feet poking through the chest of a pioneer kid. Even Vicky craned towards it, her hands shifting like a holographic baseball card. We drove further up into the hills. For all my foresight, I didn't know what to expect. Even psychics have their limits, you know. I held Madison's shaking hand. Her teeth were chattering, so I pressed my palm to her jaw, nudged her so she faced me. I could feel her. I didn't even notice Madison's car. Not at first. It wasn't Aya. It wasn't, wasn't what I thought. It was the woman. There was something coming from her, something bad. And my chest felt too big and too small all at once, and my bra was six sizes too small for all the shit this woman was going through. I'd never been sad like that. I never... I was full of... Empty. The woman was sparking out into the fog, her edges blurring in the mist, 
it felt good. Bad, but good. Like watching a TV show when you know the couple is doomed. Or swallowing a huge mouthful of spicy food. Just being around her, you felt like a phone at 100%. Endless. Open. If I didn't move, I didn't know if I'd ever get up. I might just stew in her feelings forever. I tried to open the car door, but it stuck. And stuck again. My mom always leaves the freaking child lock on. And thank God, because Madison just started screaming. Like a wild thing, kicking at the back of my seat, pounding at the window. Gave me a flashback to Sophie's terrible tooth. I looked at Helen. I knew where the child lock switch was, just to the right of the steering wheel. I couldn't reach. I stared into her stupid straight mom bob. The swell of ghosts shifted. There was something new. I forgot everything I'd learned from Richard. All the rose bushes and glamours and channeling your power from the outside. I felt the thought in me. Unlock the door. I felt it and I kind of pushed it forward. Helen's brain pushed back. We were like magnets meeting at the wrong poles. I concentrated. Took a deep breath. Unlock the door! And then I just got the strangest feeling. Mechanical. Like when Sophie was a baby. Always wailing and wailing. Back then I was so sleep deprived. I just reacted to whatever she needed. Burped her like it was my little belly full of gas. It was instinct. Intuition. And with that girl. Well. It was the same instinct. I unlocked the door. Whatever Madison did. We felt it like a blow dryer on wet hair. I barely had time to be surprised before the other ghosts were oozing down over the pavement, moving as one. I watched Vicky go with my mouth on the ground. It wasn't that I couldn't feel the tug. I could. But it was just a thought. A passing urge, not... Not the need I saw in those ghosts. Uh... Madison threw the door open and just jumped out. Looking back, I probably should have told Helen to hit the brakes. Thank God the speed limit in the park is like 10 miles an hour. I watched Madison fall with this terrible swoopy feeling in my chest, the opposite of butterflies in your stomach. She was on her knees. At first I thought she might have broken her leg. Then I thought it was worse. The air outside was thin, hardly enough to breathe, but when I breathed out, it clouded the summer air, like my lungs were vaping. The mist gathered in a glowing halo around her hairline. The ghosts were running to it, dogpiling her, even Vicky. Vicky, transparent for the first time since I'd known her, 
hardly herself. Her face was bulbous, boneless. Her hands were reaching, reaching, reaching. My mom slammed on the brakes. Madison was bent towards the ground, her nose practically in the dirt. I screamed. I moved towards Madison, and it felt like pressing my palm to a space heater. I could feel her power sparking down my spine. I bit my lip, grabbed the scruff of Vicky's neck, and yanked her away. She looked up at me, her face wisping, glitching. She had stubble, then none. She wore a corset, then bell-bottoms, then nothing. No body. Her long hair fading into the sky. I focused. Thought about her cold hands and my least favorite pair of her go-go boots. Filled them. And she gasped. <gasps> her lips plumping up again like a collagen injection. She was Vicky. My soul was being sucked out through a straw. I was freezing, colder than I'd ever been in my life, especially in my stupid fucking jean shorts still slick with rain. My arms goosebumped. I choked on my own breath. I left Vicky there, sputtering, and ran into the swarm like they were pigeons crowding the park. I kicked, hit, my arms moving through them like still water. It didn't do shit. I just wanted it to stop. Get away from her, I thought. And then I just said it. Get away. I could feel Madison's panic. And it was beating. Like a heart rattling in the space where my chest should be. Earthy. Grounding. I stopped fighting it. I leaned into the fluttering, into the fear, like a self-help guru on a coal walk. I felt the heat sparking in me, and then I channeled it out. Get away, I said. I buzzed. I'm pretty sure I blacked out for a minute. I felt me and I felt Madison burning. And then the mist condensed. It congealed, sliming away like the ass of a slug. My breath came back. Sophie had jumped from the car. She put a warm hand on my back. She was freezing, like vamp-level body temp. I had about a second to feel self-satisfied. And then I realized, the mist had left, yeah, but the swarm of ghosts hadn't disbanded. They'd just moved further up the hill, deeper into the park. That woman was still driving, and the mist followed, hungry. As I watched the car crest the hill, Sophie gave me this awkward side hug thing. I knew where she was going. Dead man slope. I'd been in the woods all morning, foraging. I tend to live off edible mushrooms or abandoned packets of trail mix. Then I felt the pull. 
I'm not one of the things here, but I felt her. Poor girl. I set off. She parked in the nearest lot and climbed out the car. Her shoes were totally impractical. These hideous nude kitten heels with, like, a marker doodle on one of the toes. The ghost pied pipered after her as she stumbled up the ridge. It was simple, really. Just a step, and then... I ran. Helen trundled me back into the car. Sophie was looking at me like we were in a teen cancer romance. Her brow furrowed. I need to go, I told Helen, but she just shook her head. After the stunt she pulled? Nuh-uh, honey. I didn't make it in time. I blame myself for that. I broke the tree line just in time to see her fall. In the back seat of Helen's minivan, clutching at the armrests, I felt something crack. I squeezed until my thumbnail broke. There was the second. It was like a flower turning its face to the sun. She froze. Her short hair was half caught in the breeze. The mist congealed around her. And I thought, okay, this is it. This is how ghosts are made. I figured it as a split or a Danny Phantom going ghost moment. But the mist dispersed. There was only sky, gray and clouded. The woman was gone. A mother. A wife. A daughter. Taken before her time. And the mist didn't claim her. No one did. Of course... We didn't figure out what happened until later. Helen is always trying to make herself important. She didn't even know Caitlin. She was my friend Derek's aunt. Mom to these two really little kids. Her life was fine. I mean, I just can't. I don't know how she could. It's, it's insane to me. Insane. I called Richard. Maddie, you heard? I was there. Really? Well, not there, there, but who does that, Richard? Who just... I know. She was a mom. How could she even... She didn't. Oh, please, don't give me the whole mental health talk. I already got it from the first responder. That stuff's real, sure, but... Uh, But it's about you. It's your problem. And your life. And when you have kids, you're not... You're... You're not supposed to be just you anymore. You're supposed to be a parent. I know, Maddie. No, you don't. You don't. Because if you did, you wouldn't be sitting around clutching your burner phone. You'd be... Well, I don't know what you'd do, but it would be something. You're right. I am? I I mean, I am. We need to do something. Okay. I know you're around, Mist Lady. You're always, I don't know, lurking. I want to talk to you. 
Come out, come out, wherever you are. Oh my God, are you serious? I'm not going to yell or try to fight you or whatever. Not this time, at least. I mean, I'm not going to lick your boots either, but... Well, I need to talk to you. And for the record, I totally figured you out. You think you're all aloof, but I know you're this creepy energy vampire sucking on all of our souls or whatever. I'm pretty sure, anyway. Definitely. C come on, just one question, please. Fine. Holy fuck. Aw, shucks. You are... <laughs> wow, I... I don't even know they made leopard print skinny jeans. As long as you like them. Though I have to admit, the vest's grown on me. Yeah, uh, it's, um, boobs. Fine, Richard. Whatever. Say what you're gonna say. I'm sure it'll be worth, like, so much to me. Hey, maybe I can visit the funeral home, kill all the flowers, and make wine for the widower. Maddie, you know we can't do anything for her now. It's not about her. It's about who comes after. What? So we set up the Harding suicide hotline? Yeah, right. No, the problem's bigger than that. There's a demon in Harding Park, and we have to kill it. Okay, Aya. A little much. Uh, I... I'm so sorry. I, I can totally... You said you had something to ask me? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's stupid, but... You know that lady? The dead one? Hmm. So sad. Oh my god. Forget I even said anything at all. No, it's fine. fine. I can... Carry on. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So... You haven't asked me anything. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just... I wanted to know why you didn't eat her. What? Well, not eat, but devour. Uh... How would you describe this slow siphoning of someone's soul? Patronage. She's ancient. Older than language on this continent. She seeped into the land, saturated the soil. No one's ever named her, but they feel her. Every mugging, every murder, all these tragic accidents that keep occurring in that park. They're her fault. She lures them in. Like a hellmouth? Huh? I've been spending way too much time with Sophie. The truth is, Aya, not everyone wants my help. Not everyone aches for everlasting life. I've learned, since I died, that death is kinder for some. It was no use with that woman. I had to let her go. She killed her, Maddie. She made her do it. And she's going to continue. She's going to keep killing them as long as she's allowed to linger on this earth. 
But what about the ghosts? I mean... Aya? Yeah. It's not her, Madison. It's a shadow. Uh, but she saved me. She hurt the man who killed her. Is that the same thing? But... Maddie. Don't you trust me? So she's not like me? You didn't let her go because of guilt or greed or... It wasn't for you. It was for her. Right. And for the record, Aya, now that you're back, we are very happy to have you. <laughs> Thank you! Okay. Okay, I'll... I'll help you. The two of us will kill a demon. That could be fun, right? I don't see why not. Overkill was written and directed by Leah Hagen. Sound is by Juan Giordano. The voice of Madison is Christina Gaetan. The voice of Richard is Graham Rowett. Sophie is played by Jordan Cobb. And the voices of Aya, Helen, Denise, and Miss Lady are played by Rebecca Rivera. Thank you for sticking with us through two full seasons of our weird little show. Please subscribe and follow Gal Pals Present on Twitter, Tumblr, and on Instagram. Or support us on Patreon. There you'll hear news about Season 3. Aya versus Madison.